0: Welcome to Adventures Reads. Today's adventure is written by Ikuba and read by Lydia Forsen. The woman who married six and a half men. Chapter 8. Rivals. Y'all rushed to call the traditional bed attendants who quickly moved me into her bedroom and laid me on a mat with a big basin of water and cloth beside me. They put the towel on my forehead to cool me down as I was sweating bucket loads. During the births of Efwa and Kwanzaa, I bore my pain in silence. However, for this child, I just could not keep quiet. I cursed Yao for being an unfaithful harlot of a man and cursed whichever stupid woman had fallen for Yao's secret words. The traditional birth attendants told me, it's okay, if you scream out like this, you won't have any energy to push the baby out, and the baby will be too scared to come out. They bundled my baby and brought her to me, and I should have been happy, but I felt dead inside. Somehow, deep within me, I knew that it was over between me and Yao. A solitary tear ran down my face as I thought about Yao smiling with another woman, eating her food, lying on top of her and whispering pleasant things in her ears. After the pregnancy, I moved in to live with Aya and my aunties since it was customary for new mothers in those days to spend time with their female relatives. I was so weak that I spent most of my days just sleeping. Ya was living in his house, and he would sometimes come by Aya's house to bring me toiletries for the baby, including sweet-smelling soaps, scented powder, and baby oils, as well as tins of biscuits, sardines, and corned beef. I never conversed with Ya when he came to Aya's house. I had not had a single conversation with him since my discovery of his affair caused me to go into labor. He would come into my bedroom and try to make conversation, starting with, ah, How are you? and moving to random small talk. But each time, I turned so that my back would face him and then proceed to give him one-liners till so he got the message and left. It was in Aya's house that I started hearing snippets of information about Yao's paramour. I will pretend to be asleep while my aunties were in the room and they will gossip. Yes. I heard one of them say, they say the woman is from a neighboring village and that all this while he was claiming to be traveling to Cape Coast. He was actually going to stay in her house. That woman is trouble. Mm. They say that her own husband left her because she's quarrelsome. Another time. Yes, they say she's also going to give birth to. She gave birth a couple of weeks ago. But Yao pleaded with her to wait till this other child is born and then he would name their child. Yao said that the shock of her pregnancy could affect his wife. She became furious and after wailing that Yao hates her, she demanded to stay in Yao's mother's house till she delivered. She's a cunning snake. Old. She must have known that if she stayed in her village, Yao could easily sweep her and this whole incident under a rug but living in his mom's home changes everything. With every succeeding gossip, my heart sank even further, and I became increasingly depressed while I felt so helpless. Then one day, I overheard this. Yes, yeah, so can you imagine that Yahweh was planning to name that woman's child one day before he names Araba's daughter? That woman insisted that her son should be named first, because after all, he arrived first, and he's also a boy. My mind was made up. The day before my naming ceremony, I woke up very early. At the crack of dawn, I got out of bed, washed my face, pulled on my cloth blouse, and secured a cloth firmly around my waist. My baby was in Aya's room, since Aya insisted on babysitting because she had more child-wearing experience than I Before stepping out, I picked up a huge tin of corn beef that Yaha brought to me on one of his visits, but I never opened it and put it in a small jute bag. I was stepping out of the house with a jute bag when Aya called me softly. Araba, where are you going? I need some fresh air, Aya, I said softly, almost pleading. I didn't want her to ruin my plans. But at this time, my child, both your baby and you yourself are going to be outdoor tomorrow. It's not proper that you step outside. I pleaded with her incessantly that staying at home was making me sick and I just needed to take a short walk to clear my head. She reluctantly agreed. I lied to Aya. I wasn't taking a short walk. I walked all the way across the village to Yao's mother's house. Go. I knocked on Yao's mother's house and she came to the door. I'd never met a woman who reminded me of her mouse more than Yao's mother. Yao's dad was a huge man who frequently battered Yao's mom and perhaps as a result of that, Yao's mother had turned into someone afraid of her own shadow. She asked me in her high-pitched voice how I was doing and why I was out of the house in my current condition. I replied, oh, my (laughs) in-law, I'm so sorry. Yao actually asked me to bring imported corn beef to my rival because he said he wanted her to make sure that she uses it to make stew for his guests who will come to the naming ceremony this morning. He doesn't want her to use any other meat or fish, I added. He said he forgot to bring it to you. And this morning he had to rush to the store. So since I had my own tin, I told him not to worry, but I'll bring it to you for the event. Yao's yeah, mother smiled and relaxed visibly. Who oh, asked for this, my son, and his apophisim, eh? His white ways. So it's only corn beef he wants in this stew. Okay, my child, let me take it to your rival. Oh, mommy, I replied, but why are you making me a bad person, eh? How can I, your in-law, send you to give something to my rival? No, let me take you to her, then you can introduce me. I've not even met my rival. Oh, oh is that so? She said, looking shocked. Ah, my son has not been fair to you. I thought he has introduced you too. Don't worry, let me take you to Senua. My heart skipped a beat. So, that was the name of that home wrecker. Senyuwa. She thought that she could use one year to come and snatch what I had used nine years to build. I smiled bitterly. Yao's mom ushered me into a room in her house. A woman was lying on a mat facing the wall. A baby started crying in another room. Senyuwa, this is Araba, your rival. Why don't I leave the two of you together and check on baby, eh? As Yao's mom left, the woman rose from the mat and stood up to face me. I glanced at her, from her head to her feet. I wanted to figure out what she had that I lacked, which had made her ensnare Yao. As I stared at her, I started cursing Yao silently in my mind. Senuous features were direct opposite of my own. Where I was short, she was tall. Where I was light-complexioned, she was ebony-skinned. Even our eyes were different, Hair small, mine large. Her fingers were long and graceful while mine were petite. I cursed Yao forever, telling me that I was just the ideal woman he wanted. So he was lying to me when he told me he loved the fact that I was petite. How he loved my big eyes and wouldn't want to look into any beady eyes. That was the day that I learned to take it with a pinch of salt whenever a man tells me I'm just the woman he wants. I always tell myself, the fact that he claims you are his ideal woman doesn't mean that he doesn't find other women who look so different from you attractive. She stood up and I realized that she was topless and was only wearing a cloth wrapped around her waist. Which kind of woman did that? I mean, went to meet her mother-in-law and rival topless. This was what you wanted, so you are Araba, she said calmly, a taunting twinkle in her eyes. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed today's adventure. Do not forget to share. Follow us on social media and let us know what you think. We look forward to going on the next adventure with you.